Welcome everyone. You are tuned into the Good Sex Podcast. I am your host, the First Love Doctor, also known as Crystal Williams. Shout out to the hubby. Okay. My name is Alicia Olatunde. I'm the owner and operator of Whole Intimacy and shout out to my boo. But girl, mm-hmm. why are we here? We are here because we are women. Yes. We are Christian. Period. But we still want to talk about sex. Girl, all the sex, okay? Amongst our friends, people are talking about how someone should have the conversation. Mm -hmm. But we're here to have the conversation. Absolutely. And as if that weren't already taboo enough, Mm -hmm. we get to integrate our vocational experience in the field of psychology. Absolutely, because Jesus, Uh psychology and sex, completely a thing totally a thing because sex is still god's idea hello <laughs> everyone <laughs> i thought we were about to break into three-part harmonies we should have or it'll be two oh. <laughs> who's not gonna participate i mean me. you could have hummed a little too i'll go low hello bye oh god <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, welcome back to the Good Sex Podcast, and welcome. it is Crystal, it is I, and our special guest. Special guest. I, have to, special? I feel like singing because she's a singer, so. <laughs> y'all go ahead, have y'all's way. I mean, we just harmonize. <laughs> Do it. We just harmonize. What else you got? <laughs> I don't know, girl. I don't run. I walk down a couple notes, though. And I'll sit as you all do that. All right. Go ahead and introduce yourself. (laughs) This wonderful special guest (laughs) is a dear, 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 dear friend of mine. And she's also a wonderful, amazing leader for me to follow. (laughs) And she's graced us with her beautiful presence to talk about something that's really uncomfortable, but she's going to absolutely help to make it um, more normal to talk about. I hope so. Okay, so, well, you want her to say who she is before we say what she's talking about? Yes. Okay. I'm Stephanie Evans. Hey, girl. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Can hey, I shout out to my sweet, my yeah. sweet, sweet husband? Hey, husband. Husband, I'm sorry if I embarrass you ahead of time. Uh-oh. <laughs> I love you. We, we do plenty of that. <laughs> <laughs> so what is she talking about today, Alicia? Girl, purity culture. Mm-hmm. Purity Get y'all culture. stones ready, rat. Nah. <laughs> yep. And purity put them next to you because don't throw, throw nothing glass. around here. Throw it at your own glass house. <laughs> How about that? So, um, I guess for us, some of the inspiration for this topic um, is just ideas around purity that we are challenging personally yes questions that have come up for us especially as women yes. as relate to purity yes. um so i know that you're really passionate about um dating in general yes um so i felt like you could help us um speak to some of the origins of some of the ideas that have come out of purity culture i think a totally. lot of people believe some things that we're born out of this yeah. and they don't even have the association to know where, where these ideas came from. Yes. So can you help us first of all with sure. purity culture? What? Okay. What? So we're skipping the intro questions and we're diving right in. Oh, Stephanie. However you want. Gonna tell you. Wait, <laughs> did you see me looking at her though? No, I didn't see you this whole time. This I was, was just I excited. Was just like this. <laughs> 
I've never looked at you. I see. Y'all can't see Alicia, but her eyes are so big. Yeah. <laughs> With her eyelashes. That's a crying shame. It's all right. Okay, ready? Grace, that's around you. Thank you, Lord, for your <laughs> grace. This is why we need a producer or something. <laughs> a director. Listen. I'm so, ready. So you can disobey them? I'm going to obey. Okay. So the ad is out there. The Good Sex Podcast is officially looking for a it producer. It does not pay. <laughs> <laughs> Production volunteer. Okay, let me just get on my job. If you a college student, not paying. need some credit. It's my hours school. Yeah. <laughs> I was in TV production. None of the internships pay, so there should be plenty there of talent to choose from. Okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> Question one. Until then, yes, let me just do what I'm supposed to do. Question one. Question one. In one word, what is the central message you have heard from the Universal Church and Christianity concerning sex? save oh that's hard to put it into one word it is uh-huh tell us more um that's a great follow-up question tell me more <laughs> well it's interesting now that i'm an adult i can see that um my parents for all their um wonderful pros and cons and the things they did right and they did they did wrong um they actually i think they really nailed parts of the sex talk for me okay they actually really nailed it because it wasn't weird. I knew the anatomy of how a baby was made pretty early on. Wow. And, I, wow. and what was communicated to me that sex is a beautiful thing that is just for married people. Oh, that was literally it. I okay. mean, and I knew like, I don't know if I knew all the like images of like what the yeah. penis and the vagina do together. Well, that but that probably I knew, wouldn't have been age appropriate. <laughs> right. But go ahead. Okay, yeah. But I knew that a sperm met an egg. The sperm came from dad and the egg came from mom and together they made a baby. We're going to go ahead and applaud your parents. Dude, yes. Because <laughs> they did definitely. out here who be like, don't do it. book. <laughs> yeah. Bumblebee. <laughs> Bird. That was, that was astonishing. For, and I think it actually helped sex sexual abuse proof me a little bit Ooh. because i remember because all i knew about sex is that it was only for married people uh-huh. and so when i had an experience as a child where another little girl said i want to have sex and that's when you just kiss each other's private parts i didn't know if that's what sex actually was uh-huh. but i knew that i wasn't supposed to do it because i wasn't married do you remember wow. how old you were i mean little like i feel like i was still like in one of those booster seats like so yeah. like maybe like three, four, five. Yeah, old enough to tell my mom what happened and remember her go, <gasps> you yeah. know. But and my point in raising that is people want to talk about, well, it's not appropriate to talk to my kids about sex till like 9, 10, 11. No, you're no, too late. No, you're too late. Yeah, and I think also like talking about sex doesn't have to mean talking about like you, what you as an adult. Absolutely. Would say, you yeah. know, Absolutely. so I love that you said even it helped to give you some framework around um, yeah. how to prevent sexual abuse. Yes, yes, Because yes. at, at the level that they shared it with you, you still were able to have enough association yeah. at your age yeah. to know, okay, this should not equal this. Yes. This does not go there. Yep. That is amazing. Yeah, it I really think, is. I think in that I'm very, 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 very thankful. Um, and... Yeah, there were some areas or were some messages that I got that were so incorrect, but okay. um, but at least that foundation was yeah. it wasn't weird to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, my sweet dad is just like not afraid to bring up anything <laughs> with yeah. his teenage daughters. Come on, baby! Oh my goodness! Um, but I think that really saved me from some uh, more damaging experiences down the road. Yeah. So wow. 
So the message that I got was it's beautiful and save it for marriage. Mm-hmm. But there was not like shame around it. Yeah. And in fact, I remember actually being surprised like as like a, you know, a late elementary school student when I found out that people have sex before they get married. Don't they know they're not supposed to do that? Yeah. Like it, it was like so foreign to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So wow. that was, that, I think that was positive. I, I think I really I was gifted so. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to the parents. Right. Mm -hmm. I got to meet your dad. You did get to meet my dad. Shout out to your dad. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Second question, because I'm going to do my job, Alicia. You're doing a phenomenal job. God bless you. Yes, you are. (laughs) How would you define good and or God sex? Safe. Ooh, come Ooh, on, it's work. Right, safe, <laughs> safe, safe. Yeah, save it, and it's yeah. Um, good sex should be safe. Mm. I like it. I think it should be safe, and it should be fun. Mm-hmm. Right? I think so. Well, fun is probably not that good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think good sex should be safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. for both parties. Mm-hmm. It should be fun, mm-hmm. and it should be intimate. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I was thinking about that on the way over here and I was like, you know, intimacy through sex, like sex is, um, it's something that aids intimacy, but mm-hmm. it's also the result of pre-existing intimacy. Come yes. On, right. Break it down. Yes. Yeah. So that to me is what good sex is. I, I love, love that. No, Jinx. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, right? I do. And I think I'm not going to rush out ahead because I think you're going to give a little more context to the word yeah. safe. Yes. Um, as we keep going. You bet I am. I got stories. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so question three. Okay. What has compelled you to join this conversation? You. Oh! <laughs> I told you there was going to be somebody's answer. Did I not? She was like, no, no, that I was like, there's going to be a person that says they are coming to talk because of you. Oh, for real. Yeah. Oh, I was wow. so honored when you asked. And then I was, as I was researching this podcast, I just love that your tagline is because Oh God, how do you say I'm going to get sex it wrong? Sex is still God's idea. St- yes. Sex is God's idea. Like, yeah. let's take it back. Okay. Yes. Like, yes. I heard this sweet teenager um, say something that I'm sure she was just parroting from her parents, but I think it's really appropriate. She said, all that is wicked was something good, twisted. And I was like, I mean, that's like what sex is today. Like, yes. it's actually a good thing that Jesus, that God invented. Yes. But like the fact that our culture says sex and we automatically are not yes. thinking about Honestly, I don't even know what you're supposed to think about when you hear the word sex. Like, what does... Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> right. But, but we don't think about it being created by God. No, not at all. Or that it's an act of worship. See? Yeah. Come on, say these things. <laughs> sex can be an act of worship. Yes. In the right context. Yes. Yeah. Like, there is a Christian somewhere right now whose brain is exploding. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, what? Yeah. You know, and even somebody who may not be a Christian. Yes. Especially hearing a Christian say that. Like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, yes. I absolutely. love sex. <laughs> yes. And it was a really healing revelation for me to realize that it could be, like, an act of worship. That yeah. It, that, um, yeah. There, I had a whole journey that I probably won't get into in this talk where I had to undo mm-hmm. how porn culture had um, sullied my idea of what was sexy, yes. what was a turn mm-hmm. on. I realized that there were even some like, yeah, just like 
borderline like violent ideas mm-hmm. that I don't even know how they got into my brain yes. that I thought were sexy. And as I started like, I think through my work with my anti-trafficking group, mm-hmm. I started realizing like, oh my gosh, that comes from porn. Why? Yes. And I, it's like I'd never even looked at my thoughts surrounding what was sexy, what was, mm-hmm. um, you know, appropriate like eroticism. Uh-huh. And I went, oh, that's not good. No. That does not yeah. come from Jesus. That's like right. dark and violent a little bit. Um. And you know what I don't think people recognize either is that some of these ideas of what sexy are coming from porn culture and they're coming from producers Mm -hmm. and and I don't know if you would call them writers or creators or whoever it is that's like coming up with these storylines and such. Their intention oftentimes is to see what I'm saying. Somebody (laughs) going to be mad, but that's yeah. But I think like we don't recognize like some of that is coming from people who really are very vile. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are people sitting in rooms strategically planning ways to demean and dishonor and disrespect. And we don't know that when we're watching it thinking, oh, this is just this or that. Right. We don't have any context for where this stuff is coming from. Yeah. And we could get into a whole other conversation on the world of porn, but I can say with 100% certainty that as an abolitionist and one who's worked in the world of anti-human trafficking for the last five years, you do not know. Mm -hmm. If what you are watching in your porn experience is two consenting adults yes. or if it's a girl being trafficked. Whoa. Yes. Because there is not proper consenting regulations it's in not. that world. It's just you not. You do not know. I don't think people even realize that. I did not. I and know. I mean, you already, y'all done already heard how well, I feel about porn. <laughs> I feel nothing. <laughs> I have nothing to say. But that never crossed my I mind. I know it doesn't. Well, it's let me, always been pushed that it's, Two consenting adults. adults who just take are taking no. hold of their sexuality. Sure, well, we that's gotta... the um, that is the narrative that big pimping porn would like you to believe. Oof. But let's add the reality that many porn sites are actually tube sites. And what's a tube site? It means anybody can upload anything without any restriction without any they're not asking you what age you are they're not asking you who is in it did they consent they're not none of that so that's a whole other topic and i really want to talk about purity culture but oh god help us (laughs) lord jesus please help us stay (laughs) on the topic okay so you've already alluded to what you do quite Mm -hmm. a bit Mm -hmm. is there any more that we need to say about what you do no um, you know, we're going to talk about purity culture and I think it's relevant to say that I did not actually grow up in purity culture. I okay. kind of grew up alongside it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I became a Christian when I was a, a young adult, a like 18. And so when I did like really go after Jesus, surround myself with as many Jesus loving people as I could, mm-hmm. and was trying to figure out how to date in a healthy way myself because I came from a very like much more promiscuous party girl background mm-hmm. and so I'm like okay now how does Jesus want me to date and I yeah. had like no one was telling me how to do it no one was giving me yes. helpful practical how to's and so as I started reading books and mm-hmm. found things that were actually helpful love you Cloud and Townsend thank you for ri- writing yeah. boundaries 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 listen they didn't roll boundaries and everything okay boundaries in marriage boundaries and dating they wrote boundaries and dating that book was like my second bible it helped me so much so let me ask you a question so your parents told you wait uh, to have sex is for marriage Mm -hmm. but they weren't 
there was not a Christian influence. Oh, they were Christian. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's a fair question. Um, I was raised in a rather dysfunctional Christian household. Okay. I did not make that my own and make that commitment that Jesus can make all my decisions now until mm-hmm. about 18. So I believe mm-hmm. that Jesus is real. Okay. But I kind of did whatever the heck I wanted Okay. Mm-hmm. and wondered why I was so messed up and depressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I made that commitment and that shift when I was older. Okay. Yeah. Which is fair. Like I, which I feel like a lot of, a lot of kids do. Mm-hmm. Like there are those that, you know, now you do see some ridiculous stuff now like i don't know if you saw that video with that three-year-old boy talking about that he was laying hands no if y'all don't get that little boy off that chair what was he okay they had him in a chair on a book standing on a book and somebody was holding his hands against somebody else so they were like trying to teach him or model for him the lady fell out okay i just oh god it's the it's the the foolishness for me but so i say that to say (laughs) there are young children who do grasp on totally but there are those who it you have you have to wait until they are independent in order to have that experience yeah Yeah. and so anywhere in that spectrum like it is okay yeah Yeah, for sure for me i really believed that jesus was real and i think i had a real a legitimate relationship with him as a child. I remember being on my swing being like, I'm gonna call you JC because that's short for <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but then there was just a, tr- a bus of trauma that hit my family when mm. I was in about first grade. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it gave a 180 to the dynamics of our family. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my safety foundations, um, familial connections mm. got ripped away from mm-hmm. me and so at some point I was just like I'm gonna do whatever I can to make myself yeah. happy because mm-hmm. I couldn't find it through anyway so that was a whole other journey Absolutely. and I felt like Jesus really rescued me from the muck and the mire when I was 18 but yeah. um yeah I so. don't yeah see and that's something else like I think we're afraid to teach or talk about is that we really do need to have our own personal encounter with Jesus. Absolutely. And so of course, instill everything, pour everything you can into your children. Mm -hmm. However, they're still like, they are still going to meet Jesus face to face alone. And you did not fail because they didn't get it when you tried Mm -hmm. to teach it. Yeah. Like I think shaping and I don't have kids. Um, I just think about my own experience as a child. I think like, you know, um, being sure to protect your your child and what they are consuming mm-hmm. and what they are, you know, being exposed to. Yeah, that is paramount. Absolutely. I think also what happens is like they're an individual. They have their own questions. They have their own, you know, um, ideas and challenges and such. And then, like you said, life happens, right? And how we experience things is different. And so having like a personal relationship with your child um, by which you uh, acknowledge their need, their specific needs, it's going to look different. So having this cookie cutter idea of what every child should look like, especially in the context of their relationship with God, I just don't think it's realistic. I yeah. think that's very freeing and helpful expectations for parents. Hopefully, hopefully. Okay, so let's talk about dating. Dating. Can you tell <laughs> us what the heck is purity culture? Yeah, I was so I was excited to talk about purity culture because I didn't know it was a thing mm-hmm. until I was told that I was dating incorrectly. 
And so I'm just going to like read what okay. <laughs> okay. one definition of purity culture is that it's a subculture of evangelical Christianity that peaked in the 90s, mm-hmm. specifically with young girls. Who, and it looked like them um, pledging to their fathers specifically mm-hmm. to abstain from sex until they were marriage, until they were married mm-hmm. by wearing a purity ring. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the hallmarks of it was women would say, I'm not going to have sex. So they got their purity ring that mm-hmm. they... Um, get from their dads and then the other hallmark of it and there may have been more but the ones that i'm most familiar with are this idea of courtship yeah. versus dating and so you know there was that book by joshua harris called i kiss dating goodbye mm-hmm. and sweet joshua harris is like since now divorced and i don't think he's even following the lord and his whole journey was i think just sacrificed on the altar of the purity culture experiment in his poor life. But that's, you know, so that's a separate thing. So I, it was really, um, I think some of the other hallmarks of it was that of purity culture was that girls would constantly get the, the modesty talk. Mm. Right. And this idea that, um, you need to be modest. Modest is hottest was one of the phrases. <laughs> I know. Yes. The Gross. stupidest thing. That was my response when I first heard modest is, is hottest. Says who? That but so lame. But okay, the, I'm the message. People book up against that. That's corny. It was very corny. It is. <laughs> you know what? Homeschool culture had a lot of corny things about it, but oh. I'm not going to say anything else about that. <laughs> but one of the other hallmarks was the idea that we had to be that world women had to be modest because we were responsible to not. Um, we didn't want to make our brothers stumble, mm, right? Mm, mm-hmm. mm, let the bristles come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and to me, that was like so dehumanizing to yeah. men. It was the idea that men can't control, control their thoughts yep. or their thoughts. That's good. Stephanie. As if men are these like animalistic yes. creatures, which to me makes them like sound like they're like subhuman. And we as women, oh my gosh, like, can you see how that feeds into rape culture? Wait, Stephanie, girl, Crystal. you just said a whole bunch. Hold on, hold on, okay, hold on. Okay, she said so much, I was silent. Girl, wait, no, no, no. Okay, first, because you know we gonna jump all over rape culture. But wait, go back a little bit. Let me let me slow down. You said something so powerful. It dehumanizes men. I think so. You have to say more about this. So the idea that women, y'all, better cover up. Because we don't want to cause our brothers to stumble, Mm -hmm. whatever that even means. Mm -hmm. And the idea that if a man lusts after you Uh and it's because of what you're wearing, it's your fault. Like his lust is your fault as the woman. That was the one of the predominant ideas that was passed around in purity culture, specifically to young women. Yes. So... I always thought that that was so ridiculous. Although I remember hearing for the first time that when, like when I was told for the first time that I wasn't responsible yes. for the lusty thoughts of men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, I find that so liberating. It, it shouldn't have been a new idea, healing. but it was. Yes. I'm trying to think about the first time that I remember. I Doing math. Pretty sure I was probably in my 20s. When you realize that you are not responsible for or or just I think I think that I kind of just was like. I don't know if I associated them being attracted Mm -hmm. to this idea of like being modest and not wanting them to fall. 
Right. So I don't know if I even had a full understanding or sense of that. Sure. Oh, until you, you were older. Yeah, yeah, 20. Yeah. Okay. See, and that's because even before outside of maybe like church church culture for me, because I didn't grow up Christian. Like my grandparents, my grandmother, and my great aunt um, were Christians, went to church, and like they would like take us. Mm-hmm. But I think – um, even apart from like going to church every week or anything like that. Um, I did get that messaging. Like I yeah. heard it was like, um, if a guy is, this is how you're going to, you're going to link back to what you just referenced with rape culture. If a guy is tempted in any way, it's because of something I'm doing. Like I remember hearing words like you're fast. Um, I mean, and I'm talking about like as an adolescent, because I developed physically really early. Oh, Not to that. mention I was assaulted as a child. Right. But Crystal. whatever I was doing, just being my little adolescent self, mm-hmm. was you are the problem. Isn't and that, you are why men are out here struggling. It's bullshit. It literally is. I'm Stephanie. sorry, I don't know if we're swearing on the <laughs> No, no, that, no. Don't. That is the best word it's a lie for what that is it's it's actually misogyny and toxic masculinity cloaked in biblical language Mm. girl (laughs) stephanie (laughs) what say what say that again what is it (laughs) the idea that a woman is responsible for a man's lustful thought is really just misogyny and toxic masculinity cloaked in biblical language. Cloaked in biblical language. That is. And then what happens is we, I'm saying even me, I begin to believe that because of what misogynists and this patriarchal system, what then this must be how God sees me. Oh (gasps) no. Yeah. And so there's a balance there, right? That's was my experience. (sighs) The balance. I'm so Help sorry us. that that was like your experience. Yeah. Because that's so not Jesus. Isn't that weird? It makes sense though. Because we're hearing yes. it from the people who are teaching us about God. Yes. And so when those two get bonded together. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's an association made in the brain. Yes. 100%. Which informs then my mind. Yep. And then you come into Christianity where, I mean, like like you, I was much older when I actually developed in my personal relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was and still at times is an exercise yeah. to renew my mind. Yes. Because my brain has made this connection. Yes. I'm so thankful that God made the brain to be plastic, yes. that we can rewire, rewire. those thought Come patterns. On, <laughs> I'm yes. learning from you. I, I had one experience. Um, the very first thing that yeah, I, in my, my first, I'll call it my first a Christian culture experience. I did an internship at this big church mm-hmm. six months long. And, um, you know, we were all required to dress modestly guys and girls. There was nothing mm-hmm. like, you know, off key about that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I'd always been, uh, my body type is, is pretty skinny except for one part of me, the part <laughs> that I sit on. Come on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so being, you know, so skinny as a young, uh, adult, old teenager, and then that one part of me that like stuck out, you yeah. know? So I remember someone coming to me one day and saying, Hey, it was a girl. She thought she was doing the right thing. She'd mm. be, she'd be mortified that she did this now. Yeah. But as you know, 19 year olds, we just, we're just doing what we're told. Yeah. She said, Hey, so-and-so is, he wanted me to let you know. 
<laughs> that he he really feels like um your body is causing him to stumble Jesus. and it would really help him if you could wrap a uh like a jacket around your waist and I, I like I'm confident I wasn't dressing like there's no way I was dressing immodestly because the leadership would have been all over it if I right. wearing something yeah. too short or too not long enough you know I was just dressing in like fitted jeans and yeah. like probably sweaters or whatever it was but yeah. because I had curves I was suddenly responsible Stephanie. for the lust of that man. He could not. And I'm all like, okay, the Lord says that he's not given us a spirit of fear, timidity, but he's given us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound, sound mind. mind. So young man, if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, you, you have the sound, sound mind, mind sir. that can control your thoughts. You actually have the ability to make an agreement with a thought that comes Girl, into your mind. teach the people the word. <laughs> but he also has the affirmation of, the yes of the culture. Exactly. that fit into the culture and so and i do want to like give balance to that mm -hmm. because like there's part of me that's that just wants to be like i can wear whatever i want and it's your fault if you if it's hard for you i think the other reality is i had a dear friend who um was like fighting tooth and nail to like not go back into his porn addiction in mm -hmm. college and he said something to me that stuck with me he said um he's speaking to my best friend hannah and i he said guys thank you so much for being a safe place for my eyes because when i walk out on my college campus the minute the sun comes out like so do all the boobs and the things that I'm trying so hard to like mm. not stare at. Now it's his choice and mm -hmm. his job to see that and choose to bounce his eyes elf elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And he was not telling us like how to dress at all. Right. He was legit legitimately just saying, thanks for being a place I don't have to bounce my eyes off. Of. I think we really got to flush this out more Yeah, because it's so difficult not to, it's hard. Um, storm to the other side of the pole. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. It's, I mean, even for me, like I'm thinking, because I'm always wrestling with, like you're saying, being a safe place. Yeah. Um. Even still, like, balancing that, like you're saying, with I can't be responsible for your actions. Or your thoughts. Or your thoughts. So how... What is the balance? How do we? That's a good question. That's hold honestly, space for someone who's saying, like, for you, when he said that to you, you didn't feel offended by that. Not at all. I was glad to be a safe place. I mean, so how come that wasn't offensive to you? That's a good question. Is it because of the relationship that y'all had prior mm. to him actually? Oh yeah, we were okay. dear friends. You see what I'm saying? So like it, it, it wasn't a misstep because yeah. they're okay. already having like trust in their friendship. Yeah. Okay, I could see how it just was like, oh, this is just another conversation that I'm having with my friend. Yeah. So it wasn't like some dude was like, hey, I don't know you very well. I yes. just want to let you know you're doing it right. I would have okay. been like, back up, exactly. sir. I will yeah. dress how I want. Exactly. And I might have worn something a little bit different the next right. week. Just right. Um, I, right. Nothing about it felt directive or commanding or demanding. It, okay. It was mm -hmm. him in a vault in a moment of vulnerability, sharing like, I'm fighting so hard to um from for the the victory in my mind. Okay. And like, and by the way, like you guys have been so safe for me. Like I'm so thankful that mm -hmm. I don't have to bounce my eyes off of you guys. So, so is that the motivation you think for some who hold fast to some of these ideals out of purity culture yeah. is like that should be our heart posture for Such every guy. 
That's a good question. I'm almost, even as we're sitting here talking, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have even brought up that story about my, about my, my dear guy friend, because I don't want to confuse what I think is the more important issue Mm -hmm. of like this anti-purity culture idea that we're not responsible. But I like the story because I think we need to examine, like that's one of our intentions here. We always want to look at both Hmm. and, or, you know, figure out the gray or like, we want to talk about it and bounce back and forth and see the validity on on each end if it's there. Yeah. Um, And I do feel like what you're saying, I'm trying to sit with it for a second Hmm. because let's say it was someone, a man that I love, Hmm. a brother, in the faith that I know is struggling. Um, and he says to me, I'm working really hard at this, but it's really, really tough. And you're, he's saying that to you, but also saying that you're distracting him. That's, that's the piece. Well, he didn't say she was distracting him. He said, thank you for not distracting. Exactly. So, but what I'm saying is, is if he said, I'm trying really hard. Mm Mm-hmm. And then was and like, you're distracting me. Like your question is, is there ever an appropriate platform in which a man should say, should say to that. a woman, please don't dress this Honestly, way? I don't think that there, I don't think there is. <laughs> I don't I think don't. that exists. What if he really is saying I'm struggling and I see your lady parts? I mean, then brother, then bounce well, your, turn eyes. your eyes. First of all, you clothed. You know? What about, about your okay, hold on. what about like, what about like, um, cause you mentioned for curvier women, I could be, fully covered but you can see my shape well and that let me let me let me go ahead and like so the first story i shared about the guy who said you're causing me to stumble please mm-hmm. tie a jacket around your waist that was completely inappropriate yeah Absolutely. women have shapes yes and he's just gonna have to i feel like that's where it's like you just gotta deal with it dude like men have muscles and i i deal with True. that too oh i'm glad you said that you know yes. men are also physically attractive and women also have Stephanie. to like control their yes. thoughts so it's not just okay, a one-way street that's yeah good. I think the um I think I just wanted to like contrast those two stories about how this one dude mm-hmm. really got it wrong. Yeah. And this other dude, like I'm not sure that there's ever a platform in which I, I'm trying I'm trying to like I hope I don't eat these words when I say this because it's definitely a bit of a half baked thought. Mm-hmm. But I can't think of any platform in which it would be appropriate for a man to demand how women dress like what if he didn't have safe friends what if he was around women who he didn't feel safe in that way how could he communicate that i think he's got to get some new friends Ooh, i think he chooses to remove himself from those situations so you Same make for a- women yeah okay because yeah. but because t- to her point the purity culture whilst hyper focused on women there are still women who, I mean, struggle with sex addiction. They totally. struggle with pornography. So it yes. it's not a a far away. Somebody's thought. gonna say men are way more visual. It's okay. Why are we comparing? But you it, know somebody. But guess say what? <laughs> that does not mean that women are exempt. Mm-hmm. Therefore, put that in your pipe and smoke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying. Yeah. In terms of that woman who is friends. I mean, because I feel like you hear this. Girl and guy are friends. Girl starts to feel guy. And then guy just kind of like, oh, no, you're my friend. But she's really like, but I really like you. Is so it What are we physical? talking about now? Well, so is it what like what he looks like, though? Or yes. is it something else? I think sometimes that's more so like 
they're feeling something, maybe like an emotional connection. No, or- but I'm saying it's not a far-fetched idea for a woman to Stephanie's point. I like muscles. Mm. You are a muscular man. Maybe you got on skinny jeans. You know, that's a big Or the gray right sweatpants. Now. Gray sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the fall. In yeah. the spring. I mean, yeah. my point is just that women got to bounce their eyes too. We And we yeah. can choose who we get to be around. We yeah. can choose what we're going to expose our eyes to. So you make the adjustment. You don't ask someone else to make the adjustment. Yeah, that's their body. So hold on. Last question about this. Totally. We're at church. Mm, that's hard. We at church. Yep. And it's sister so-and-so is not safe. Brother so-and-so in his gray pants. First of all, why you got the sweatpants on there? <laughs> <laughs> at church? Some churches you would come as you are. He got on his gray sweatpants. <laughs> and so you ain't safe up in here, sir, ma'am. Mm, and so do eye. I got to go to a new church? First of all, why? that's not your... I just sit somewhere else. Vineyard, venue Bounce worship said eye. had a yeah. song called Look to Jesus, okay? <laughs> I got y'all. So you need to, I love the term bouncing your eyes. You need to bounce your eyes. Here's the other thing that I would love to hear you guys speak to. Um, I think sometimes this idea, you made a distinction earlier. I said something about action and you said, or thought. Mm. I think sometimes we get stuck on the idea that um, if I see something and I have a thought that I have to be carried away into that thought. Mm. Or rather than I had, I saw it, I had the thought, what can I do? What can I yeah. do? What can I do? Abort, abort. Right. So there's that verse that says we take every thought captive. Captive. That's one of my favorites. And yeah. And make it obedient to Christ. Yes. And so I think just because a thought enters your mind, that doesn't mean Come that you're on. making an agreement with Come it. On. I think that's an invitation that in that moment you get to choose if you feed it and entertain it and let that's it grow. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, no, I take that captive. I mean, I remember when I was coming out of some of my addictions, mm-hmm. I would have, I really would struggle with, uh, let's just say like lustful thoughts. Yeah. And that verse was actually very practical and helpful me for me. Me too, Stephanie. Because something yeah. would come into my mind and I could be like, do I choose to go down that fantasy lane and enjoy that mm-hmm. and then like drink that poison mm-hmm. and regret it later? Or can I say, I take that thought captive to Christ in Jesus name right now. Practical. Tell me practically. What does that look like? Literally what I would just say. Like I would have a thought, Mm -hmm. say lustful thought come into my mind when I was, when I was fighting for my own purity and a lustful thought would come into my mind or an image that Mm -hmm. would invite me to Mm -hmm. go into a little fantasy world Mm -hmm. for a little bit. And I would say, no, I take that thought captive to Christ right now in Jesus name. Be gone. And the thought would just go. Oh, it really helped. That was not my experience. Wow. No, ma'am. The thought would persist. Okay. Ah, Okay. The thought would aggressively persist at times. Interesting. Yes. And I think for me, a lot of my early walk (laughs) was um, I had to have something to bounce my eyes to. Sure. Like, it wasn't enough for me to just bounce off. Hmm. I needed to look to Jesus for real. <laughs> yeah. Like, I needed something for my eyes to land on. Yes. Um, contrasting the thought. So, you needed, like, it wasn't enough just to remove it. We needed to replace it with something else that was positive I really and healthy. Did. Like, I, something, like, I joke about it now, but, like, when I first came to the Lord, I was, the church that I was at, they had like anything they had, I was going to it. Yep. Anything that like noon Bible study with the golden saints. 
<laughs> a program, a musical. I love like, it. I don't care if it was for the toddlers. I'm coming. Like I needed a place to run to yeah. or I was going to run back to what yep. I knew. Yeah. And so I think I had to like completely immerse myself in a new culture. And it wasn't even that it was always like so thrilling or exciting. Mm -hmm. It was just like me saying, I need somewhere to fix my attention. Yes. I need. Um, it's like you're detoxing. Literally. Yeah. 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 It makes me think of mindful meditation. Mindfulness That's good. meditation. Too, That's good. Because when you're thinking about breathing and when you're thinking about centering mm -hmm. and they tell you it is natural for a thought to enter your brain come on alicia so used to come on clinician running. and training period <laughs> um our brains are so used to running and it's mm -hmm. okay to allow yourself to have a thought mm -hmm. acknowledge that you had a thought and, and then, then go, turn back go right back into where you're at you better help us. I'm trying. I love it. That's a key point because I think what happens is when the thought drifts, when our eyes drift, we get so caught up in the condemnation and yes. the judgment of ourselves mm. yeah. that we get kind of stuck. Yeah. Mm. And Not so really realizing that I could just turn. I could just turn. <laughs> I could decide, uh-oh, look at me. Yeah. That, that, look at that thought wandering off. Let me just refocus where it's supposed to go so yeah so that was you guys kind of like understand the history that I was like coming from and then that version of me goes to college new zealous Christian and I'm trying so hard to figure out well I'm, I want to find a husband I want to how do I date how do I date and out of that internship I had done I I um I was sort of spiritually adopted by these like really wonderful parents that just called me their spiritual kid and it was very healing for me mm. but <laughs> super not helpful when it came to dating they because uh -oh. they were really part of that like I, I assume it was purity culture like mindset and so I mean I remember looking my dad my my pastors my friends um my spiritual parents like well so how do you date and this is what they told me they said dating is practice divorce what I know. I think it's the opposite, but we can get into that later. Mm. So dating is practice divorce and you shouldn't date until you find your spouse. Yeah. Well, how do I? Exactly. Okay. How? It's, it's not sensical to me. Um, it's actually a little bit controlling because they would always follow that up with like, well, the elders of the church will help you. They'll, oh. they'll also hear from God. Oh. And so when multiple people are saying like, oh, I think this is your spouse. And sh tell me you've heard Dang. those stories. I was I'm that all story. For community. I'm all for like, sometimes you got the blinders on because you're so infatuated and you need your community, whether that's your family, whether that's your friends, whomever to like, all right, girl, you know, he, uh, his credit score he's, bad. He's, he's talking about he ain't got money. <laughs> but magically he keeps showing up with Fendi bags and everything else. <laughs> Check your bank account, sis. Yes. I'm just saying, like, yes. <laughs> yes. I'm definitely not saying that's, that we that's... should date um, in a vacuum without yeah. trusted, yeah. wise eyes saying, well, what about that? But to just no, say, no, no. oh, no, I'm going to pick. And let's be fair. There are cultures hmm. where arranged marriages True. do happen. And work. And work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that, in my 
not fully substantiated opinion, that's usually because they don't go into it with a consumer mindset. They go into it with like the covenant's already made. We're going to make this work whether we want to or not. And sometimes it becomes very healthy, but sometimes those cultures actually perpetuate like domestic violence. That's fair. You know, it is is both sides. So just because they're successful because they stayed together, is that really the kind of success you want? Maybe it turns out beautiful. Maybe it turns out abusive. Did either of you watch Married at First Sight? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, girl. That's that's another that's or another topic. What's the other one? What's the other show? Love is blind. Love is blind. <sighs> okay, let me not digress. Okay, <laughs> I just gotta say I started Love is Blind because all I could think of was Terry Crews in the back going, "Terry loves love," and I oh love God. the people <laughs> like, like falling in love. But now it's kind of like a train wreck that oh I can't gosh. turn away from, it and is. I'm like. I'm invested in the relationship especially like, with stress so that i think that that's probably why that thought was stored in the back of my mind because two hmm. of those sets of parents of the indian couple both had arranged marriages they did yep mm-hmm. still together but you can also see like i feel like you can sense tv or not when there's authentic connection hmm. do you and feel like they have authentic connection one of them i did which one can you say what, the one whose dad actually spoke up in the episode and was like, this is the day that we got married. This is the time that we got married. The other couple, I mean, the other parents, mm-hmm. the dad didn't say not a word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he I was, was like, oh, quiet. oh, God. Okay. So, so yeah. But, yeah. but dating. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> dating for me watching that, my husband and I love both of them, actually. <laughs> and we love it because I feel like we kind of approached our relationship in some wow. similar ways. Just like jumping in. Yeah. We yeah. completely were like, uh how long did you were you engaged, Crystal? Five minutes. <laughs> Five minutes. But we knew each other for ten years. Wait, are you being are you being serious? I, I'm dead serious. I think we were engaged for like not even three months. Yeah. I remember the video mm-hmm. when you sent me the ring and I was like, What just happened? <laughs> Everybody did. Everybody I was, was like, Did you guys date or no? Like what is happening? You dated for like Three months. Five minutes. Yeah. All right. I was like, so two weeks plus three months. <laughs> no, but yeah. Be- and I think a lot of it was not by his choice because he wanted to marry me 10 years ago. Yeah. But for me, I really did hold fast to this beauty culture. I really? did. I Wait, did. That's why? I didn't kiss. I didn't touch. Wait. Didn't- no. Are you saying you... Ten years ago, when he wanted to marry you, mm-hmm. you wouldn't entertain the idea mm-hmm. because of what religious systems. T- I read, I kissed dating goodbye. Really, I did not want to date. I said I was going to court. I said that I, um, I I said really dumb things like, um, what We're did I say? Dead. Something about like, I'm glad I'm forgetting. Lord, no, something about like. Not getting, not dating until I knew this is the person I was going to marry. Yeah. Um, but how do you know that unless you, this, I mean, this is why our, we dated for five minutes because we had 10 years of friendship wow. because I was saying, I'm not going to date. I'm not going to date. So you friend zoned him. I friend zoned him and everyone else <laughs> for 10 years because of purity culture. Hmm. I mean, it's my choice, obviously, mm-hmm. but I was absolutely influenced, influenced by yeah. yeah. So so here's what I want you to tell us. Okay. What did you discover dating could or should look like then? 
Well, for me, and I was doing this when I was in my early 20s too. So your okay. mindset shifts right. from your 20s to your 30s. 30s for sure. Hopefully you got a little bit more of your brain to work with in your yes. 30s. <laughs> yes. um, what shifted for me was that dating was okay. Mm-hmm. That dating was actually a helpful learning lab mm-hmm. in which oh, I love this language yeah and there was actually some like maturity um that can be gained i think one of the um goals um well-intentioned but very missed goals of mm-hmm. purity culture was like to pr- was was self-protective like yeah. Yeah. i just don't want anyone to get hurt yes. i think purity culture also operated out of the idea that you could not date and be physically pure at the same time. Yes. And so I was like, I mean, we could just go to coffee or go to supper yes. and not make out. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. It's possible. Like yeah. I can develop feelings for someone and keep my clothes on for crying yes. out loud. You know? So, um, but I, I, I really scared people when I would be like, yeah, I went and got coffee with Ben or yeah, I went out to dinner with AJ and you did what? Because I think that's one of the after effects of the culture is that we are almost reinforcing this idea that you you don't have any self-control. Yeah. You can't be in the presence of someone of the opposite sex and not end up having sex. And let's talk about the idea that like, well, it's a separate, I'm jumping around a little bit, but just the idea that like you're going to kiss, like you're not going to touch your spouse and then in front of literally everybody and your mom, girl, literally, girl, you're going to kiss for kiss. the first time, which is this intimate, like should be kind of private thing. And then in the same day, when you've never touched this person, you're going to go from kissing to having sex. Stephanie, this is so good that you're saying this. That's so intense. Isn't it intense and traumatic? It's traumatic. It what really, in the world? And let's talk. Okay. Can we talk about sex now? Yeah. I would love. We, ta- we, we, we talked about dating for a minute. <laughs> we can go back to that if you want. But um, I really this is where i was probably not taught as well mm-hmm. as as i would have liked and a lot of issues revolved around the idea of like what i as a woman should expect the first time i had sex mm. yes. and so let's talk about the hymen for a second Uh-oh. shall we come on mm-hmm. i shall. mean come on in this room <laughs> <laughs> what i was taught is the first time i had sex my hymen would break mm-hmm. and it would hurt false mm-hmm. false False. This is Freaking what I was taught. False. Yeah. False. Talk about misogyny in our culture. Yeah. <laughs> Women just expect pain. Okay. Stephanie. That's the, first of all, if you expect. I know, right? Okay. So hold on. So I remember oh, my sweet gosh. mom, well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. She was like, yeah, the hymen is this like, like it, the myth is that <laughs> it's like a membrane that covers uh-huh. your exactly. vaginal area. And I'm all like, well, then where does your period Exactly. <laughs> make it logical for make it. Make it make sense. sense. But she told me this story of like, oh yeah, the hymen breaks the first time you have sex. It's totally normal. It hurts a little bit. I remember telling me this story of like a tribal culture where when a man and a woman got married, they'd have sex on a white cloth. Yes. So that when the woman bled yes, to that's prove proof. her virginity. Virgin. That's scriptural. The, it's not scriptural. You don't. That's, that's, in, that's in the Bible. No. I feel like, well, contextually. I think there is a story in the Bible. Oh, we better go ahead and look that up before yeah, we, we say this over the airways. I don't know. 
Because you know me, because I'm like. Because oh, you could cool <laughs> to be like, this was in the Bible. I no, think that was, it was that in was, there. Ma'am, that's no, somebody at the church. That was on the cereal box this morning. We, we definitely should probably look. I just remember hearing probably more so um, historically about the yeah. culture yes. and how that was informing some story in scripture about the proof oh, that this woman was pure. Yes, now, I'm not about to say it's in the Bible, saints. I just remember hearing something contextually that was like supporting that idea in one of the stories. Oof. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, go ahead. that's okay. Um, and so, you know, in this tribal culture, the guy would, and this is just what my mom told me. I don't even know if it's actually like ethnically, historically accurate. This mm-hmm. is just a story I was told that the guy would then take the bloodstained white and run out of the room and show everybody. My wife was a virgin, uh-huh. but like, we're not checking about his virginity. No, there's no not. way to do that. Nope. It's just about her experiencing pain to prove her purity. Again, I must swear hey, again. That's Stephanie, bullshit. So it can, is. We, can we talk about how some women, girls, mm-hmm. some girls are not born with them. Mm-hmm. Some women have half of them. Sometimes I don't have that. It can can rupture, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. Hmm. Half uh, of it. Woo. Yeah. It's I not, didn't know and, that. And so, and I believe if um, I read correctly, sometimes like a small portion of it can grow back. Mm-hmm. It can um, heal. Wow. And then like gymnasts, People who ride horses, dancers, rigorous activity can literally rupture it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did hear that when everybody was mad at T.I. Remember that? Well, I remember a big controversy years ago when uh, uh, PK, it was the daughter, presented her father with her purity, with a purity certificate from her quote unquote doctor. Oh my gosh. To prove that she was a quote unquote virgin. And that was like their thing between them. And I'm like. That's weird. That's cool and all, but how you do that? Because there's no way to, to see. And I think it's like, not. okay, cool if that's what you choose to do. And then also, though, I think it would be kind of us to consider for women and girls who cannot do that. What does mm-hmm. that mean for them? Because yeah. the message is that you are not pure. Or what does it mean for girls who have been sexually violated? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. are not pure. And there's no hope for you to be pure. <laughs> I think that that is so, uh, it's an antithesis to the gospel. It is. And it's also, um, I think, again, it's just misogyny and mm-hmm. toxic masculinity cloaked mm-hmm. in biblical language mm-hmm. because you never hear. I mean, maybe maybe there's those messages do get communicated to guys. And I, as a female with more female friends than male friends, maybe just never experienced that. Them. So I don't like want to say that guys never got. I know that there are. I know that there are shameful messages for men about their sexuality too. So I don't mm-hmm. want to like disregard mm-hmm. that. But I feel like I did only hear about women. Your virginity is so important, and mm-hmm. you just never. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. you guys got that message too. I that's a good question. Something I don't know. like especially in some of the purity um programs. I don't know what language to use. I'm sorry. That we do in our yeah. churches. Like I would be curious to hear even when you see the ceremonies, um they they really do highlight the mm-hmm. girls. Hmm. So I would be curious to hear what does the curriculum say to boys? I don't know. And how yeah, because as an adult, I have not heard as much emphasis being put on men's purity at all. It probably has more to do with how, how to court properly. 
but like they're teaching them how to court properly. Yeah, but I I won't speak to that because I really don't know. I don't know either. I I'm just kind of I was just kind of thinking based on like things that I've heard from men. Yeah, I'm trying to derive what they were being told, but that's probably not fair. I could I should look into well, that. Well, so it was. I mean, so I remember the the weeks leading up to my um, wedding. I you know I was by no means uh, like I had been. I'd definitely been sexually active before mm-hmm. I got married, but I, but I actually had like never had like baby making intercourse. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, that was new to me. Okay. And I was told by multiple people, it will hurt. It's going to be It painful. just will. Mm-hmm. It just will. Mm-hmm. And you I remember. You don't use enough lube or. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, let's talk about, okay. So once I did my own research mm-hmm. and I had the conversation with my fiance about, mm-hmm. I'm scared of it hurting. Cause I had this idea that you like have to consummate the marriage as if your commitment before God and family wasn't enough enough <laughs> you gotta have sex in order to like really be married that night to prove okay anyway i, I mean we operated out of that <laughs> isn't that silly it's really silly it's alicia you silly me. too <laughs> you tired because y'all had a very extreme <laughs> wedding situation interesting so your girl was you tired okay we'll come back okay when i find the scripture we can revisit but let's finish this oh okay but no okay i just wanted to speak to the fact that like there's this expectation on women i think especially coming out of like church culture especially if it's purity culture from the church culture that you have to be ready to perform the night of your wedding and again i think that's such a lie um for me, when I realized that there was myths that I'd been taught about the hymen, that the hymen is like, I thought it was this like paper sign that covered yes. my vagina that they had to bust through. <laughs> and it's seal. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The freshness seal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great depiction of that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Best buy. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that's hilarious. That's right never, there. I'm always going to see that's that. That's answer wedding day. <laughs> what? Come on now. Oh, that's so absurd. I just hate that. So I understand that all of us come from the context of, <laughs> I knew you was going to laugh. Guys, <laughs> I took my eyelashes off because I'm trying one to of them was seriously? poking me in the oh eye and I knew God. Stephanie was looking at me I'm laughing. trying to so keep I a straight face. I wanted y'all to, know, to what know why she was laughing. Um, oh, Lord. So... I wonder because we do um, talk about. I mean, we we all at this table are representation of Christians, but I'm wondering for those maybe who do not identify as Christian or any uh, religion Religious. at all, mm-hmm. is there the larger conversation of this is the expectation of a woman? I think mm-hmm. so. Like, even if they don't realize that they are 100% following that. I think so. Because yeah. I think, like you said, it's misogyny. Yeah. It's patriarchy. It's not even just specific to religion. Yeah. Talking about, like, how we view our sexuality as men and women, I think media has shaped that a lot. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I will just plug this excellent documentary on Netflix called Liberated Ooh. that talks about, oh like, the new sexual revolution. Yes. And, and it, it follows sort of, like, the most extreme versions of hookup culture by, mm-hmm. by following a group of guys to spring break and then a group of girls to mm-hmm. spring break and how they engage in heavy expressions mm-hmm. of hookup culture but they're doing like a lighter version of it just in their college campuses mm-hmm. but the side story that I really benefited from in watching that documentary was like what is the message that media is giving men about what it means to be a man Absolutely, like sleep with as many women as you can because it makes yes. you manly yes. and women are kind of like taught to um, 
feed into that that it's liberating and like empowering if mm-hmm. I get to shake my stuff in front of a bunch of men because mm-hmm. they're all looking at me you know mm-hmm. um and so I think probably there is some like toxic media influence into what people regardless of faith background like mm-hmm. think and I, and honestly going back to porn I think porn also influences like porn has become it like does. and become people sex don't ed. know that but it does yeah and so there's a lot of incorrect dangerous and literally violent messages that are being told to our generation about what sex is and what women should be okay with Absolutely. and it, it all tends to go back to this idea that women get hurt during sex and that they should be okay with it because that's what men want and that it's sexy and that is sexy and what makes you think in my brain as a woman hearing that messaging that i want to have sex that wow and you know what wow it i don't even think we realize sometimes too we don't have to hear that overtly or explicitly yeah for it to get in Mm because that's what happens it's very subtle yeah and we don't even recognize what we are subject to and subjected to totally um and so we're just kind of unconsciously finding ourselves yeah in these relationships Mm -hmm. and acting out these things that if we had these conversations more openly yeah and we were making conscious decisions hold on yeah hold on so that's why i'm glad for you to speak to yeah what dating can look like apart from <laughs> yeah some yeah. of this stuff that we've gotten caught up in and yeah. swept up in yeah because dating can be i really don't hear a lot of christian leadership um encourage dating again like I, my pastor when he was talking <laughs> about like you know hang out and hunt, i was looking at him like wait hold on wait <laughs> like, what, you say it's okay for us to hang out your initial say, pastor no, no. Oh, our, pastor our pastor right pastor. now okay. like hearing some of that like you know just hang out just it was new to me hmm. it was very new to me and i was concerned i was looking at him <laughs> like are you sure you a pastor I'm no <laughs> Not a P A S S A. A pastor. Did you not read Kiss Dating Goodbye? Okay. <laughs> Literally, yeah. So I'm like, you don't really hear to, you know, hang out, get to know each other, talk, yeah. ask questions, have yeah. fun. Like, yeah. Uh. Yeah, I remember I read this wonderful book with sort of an awkward name, but it was really one of the, um, b- between uh, Boundaries and Dating, the other book that gave me practical advice on dating was called Sex and the Soul of a Woman. Girl, wait, I need that book. It really helped me. Um, and she talked about how the impact of sex, um, that where sex is experienced um, void of like covenant and commitment, how you're just like ripped away from that person, like how when when that physical expression doesn't match the emotional um, <gasps> connection, wow. like when those two are not mirrored, how, how that's damaging to the heart. Like it wasn't even Ooh. like necessarily a faith-based book, but it really helped me. And she just said, hey, Looking for your husband should be done over hundreds of cups of coffee. Like you're just, yeah. you're interviewing your future life partner. Yeah. Because honestly, if we really want to get real about it, yes, yeah, sex is important. Sex is not going to sustain your marriage. Mm-mm. Come on, Alicia. No, sex is not going to sustain the relationship. No. If there are red flags after red flags after red flags and you continue to band-aid it, it will yeah. eventually combust. Yes. Mm-hmm. If like, if y'all don't figure out all of the other things. And if you don't spend time dating Mm -hmm. to learn these things (laughs) i think that's very helpful 
I yeah. think so. I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I would always tell women um, that there's just three things you got to look for, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to find all of them in one person. Okay. You got to find someone you like looking at. And that mm-hmm. one's always real easy. Yes. Yep. You got to find someone that you feel safe talking to. Mm-hmm. Yes. That one takes time. Mm-hmm. And you got to find someone who who lines up with your shared values. You got to mm-hmm. have shared values. Because if yeah. you're going one way, and so one of the reasons that I feel I, I dated really wrong for a long time, and then I, I feel like I really figured it out after a while, I would ask, I would date lots of guys for short periods of time. Mm-hmm. Because I'm the kind of person who asks my deal breaker questions right Up at the front. front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, in conservative uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, where I did most <laughs> of my dating, uh, one of my deal breaker questions was, yeah, how do you feel about women in leadership? Because, hey, I've got kind of a strong personality. Yeah. And that was usually the easiest deal breaker. <laughs> but I had a few others that were just personal to me and where mm-hmm. I felt like I wanted to go in my life. And um, not that you have to have like the same mission or calling to, to get married. Right. But if your values, values. are conflicting, yes. like I knew that I was called to this fight against human trafficking. So I'm probably not going to hook up with a guy who works in the porn industry yeah there was a few things there that really needed to be in alignment for us to like do life well together yeah that is so practical and helpful yeah i love that the three yeah that's good i like that it's so funny like there's only three in my world but it's but it's so hard to find one person with all three. All of them. Mm-hmm. But luckily, ladies, you only need one. You ladies and gentlemen, one. there's only right. one. You only need one person. Yes. Yeah. I yep. love this. <laughs> so good. I love it so much. Okay, yeah. That's helpful. This is okay. So this is obviously another one of those conversations where we have just barely scratched the surface. Yeah. yeah. We will have to return to. I this. know. I feel like we really talked about the uh, toxicity of purity culture and how. I learned about that through mm. doing it differently. Yeah. And maybe we'll have I feel to. like your your story though can help bring perspective. I hope so. Um and give help people, um, maybe people heavily influenced by purity culture. Hmm. Or maybe those who are not who'd never heard of it or yeah. adjacent to it. It gives thought for some some really introspection um to see how they really feel yeah. and see if that the ideas that have been planted or not in their minds yeah. are those of their own yeah mm. that's what to me is so valuable about even some of um the ways you expounded on mm. purity culture a lot of those influences and even some of the ideas that came out of it are not specific to christianity yeah, yeah. so anybody can hear this and say hold on is this something that I picked up over time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this something that is a personal value or virtue? Yeah. Or I jumped to the other end of the spectrum because yes. I was trying to hold so tight. To avoid. Or, or even this just popped in my head when we were talking about we're going to tell women that sex is supposed to hurt. They have sex for the first time. It does not hurt. Therefore, I want me? no. I want more because it did not hurt. I didn't have that pain mm. before. Ooh, yeah. Can what? I? Yeah. Can I please just like speak to that? Yeah. Like I, when I did Bible school, I was about ten years older than everybody in the Bible <laughs> school, and so I was married, and so I met several young women who were um, engaged or in serious relationships, and I had multiple conversations with what they thought they should like expect for their wedding night. Mm-hmm. Like girl one girl was even buying vaginal tapers to prepare herself for her wedding night. And I said, honey, oh. look, think of sex as doing the splits, 
no one expects you to do the splits right now. Your vagina is a muscle. Yeah. And it will. Yes. (laughs) And it's okay if it doesn't fit right away. Mm -hmm. That is okay. Mm -hmm. And um, it's okay as long as you and your husband are like on the same page about work. We're just going to stretch things out together because good sex should be safe and it should be fun and it should be intimate. I think I love what y'all just, that was good. I'm glad y'all threw that in there right at the end. Cause I'm even thinking about in the middle, but I was like, "Mm -mm." Mm -hmm. oh, that's (laughs) beautiful. That's beautiful to rest on. And you know what I'm thinking about is that it really, it really paints sex as this, um, I think somebody in the documentary that we reviewed talked about it being like a dance. Mm-hmm. Um, but it being like not just this one and done act. Yes, that it being personal. Mm-hmm. That it being um, I for someone who my obviously very first. I don't know that I should use the language sexual encounter, but my first experience. Um with sex sexuality i don't know what language i should use was violation Mm -hmm. so much of um sex after marriage with my husband has had to be careful Mm -hmm. it's had to be um in some ways methodical yeah you know we've had to be very intentional but thank god that my husband has always treated this like um a journey um something that is oh my god I, i don't think he would mind me saying this but on our wedding night (laughs) it was really difficult Mm -hmm. i mean it was so difficult that we just he said not tonight Mm -hmm. that's a very common story he said not tonight and that needs to be normalized Mm -hmm. thank you for saying that because i didn't think that was normal i didn't either i was like booing it was sad and he held on to me and just affirmed me and reassured me like this is me and you we get to define this that was necessary yes for you to grow past that yes good job husband he that was so and it did it absolutely grounded me yeah it yeah and so the second day Voila! So <laughs> voila, magic. Voila, magic. Absolutely magic. Yeah, but I think yeah, I think the idea that like tonight we have to finish. It has to be, you know, oh, know. that all of that crap. Like, yep. Mm-mm, yeah. Anyway, thank y'all for that. That just blessed me right at the end. I'm glad. <laughs> Let's just think of it as. A stretch that's just going to take some time. I was time about to, to say something take so our time. out of pocket. <laughs> what? You haven't all episode. I was about to say go forth and bust it And <laughs> bust it Oh, my God. Can I stand you? That's fine. Hey, guys. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of The Good Sex Podcast. See you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of The Good Sex Podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. The podcast is available on all major streaming platforms, so make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review so that other people can find the content just like you did. 
Also, don't forget to follow us and engage on Facebook and Instagram at The Good Sex Podcast. See you in the next episode.